What's up? It's your pal One Chicken Stardicus, and this is The Bar is Low. Every episode, we take a look at a fan fiction or a collection of fan fictions, and these can be either good, bad, or in between, but mostly, they're bad. I don't know why I don't do more Metalocalypse episodes. Maybe because it's already such a dumb, vulgar show that I can't ruin it by looking for weird porn. There's nothing wholesome about it. Well, I mean, except for Toki, but sometimes not even then. But I definitely need to give it more love here, seeing as I revisit and rewatch parts of it so often. There's not really much of a theme today, aside from the fandom. I tried to stick with rare pairings because I always find those more interesting and unique. So no Scandigavians, even though I was really into that shit for a while, and no Nichols either. But there's plenty of Murderface trying and failing to get some, and then actually getting some, believe it or not, because... I live to suffer. So if you're very averse to the thought of Willy's Willy, this is not the episode for you. Murderface isn't necessarily the worst part of what's going on here though, because today's fucked up meter rating is about an 8.5 out of 10. It's Metalocalypse, it's porn, it's Metalocalypse porn. What did you expect? Most of it isn't that bad, but it's rated for a handful of scenes scattered towards the end of the episode that involve rape. And for having to think about Murderface's penis. So speaking of murder face. We talked about the author who wrote this fic the last time we did an episode on Metalocalypse. And they're the one who created the masterpiece where Pickles fucks the drum machine, which was pure fucking gold. Apparently they also listened to that episode and they sent me a very nice message afterwards. Let me just say I'm really lucky that people I'm out here saying nice shit about are the ones who happen to find my show instead of the people I talk shit about, which is most of the authors. Great, now I've jinxed myself. I'm gonna get like a flood of complaints after this. All right, I'm ready, come at me fuckers. Anyway, it's the author who wrote Pickles Fucks the Drum Machine, so you know it's gonna be good. So, Murderface, I'm, I'm gonna be in Murderface's head for this fic, which is, it's a fun place to be. Like, at least for a one shot like this. And Murderface, you know, he's totally not gay at all, you guys. No, no. Murderface, fucking gayest of all. Let's be real, he's the gayest member of Death Clock. That's a fact. So, Murderface likes him some good back rubs from Pickles, and the way to get them is just to bitch and moan until Pickles agrees just do it to shut him up. But the thing is, every time Pickles massages him, Murderface gets a boner. But like, Pickles doesn't know, right? So what's the harm? Love how they stayed true to the convention of Murderface never getting laid. Like, the graphic content here is just all the stuff he's fantasizing about. The band is having a conversation all around them while this is going on, watching TV, and then, like, Kim Kardashian comes on. And this fic was tagged as Kim Kardashian Freeform, and I didn't know what I expected, but it wasn't really for Murderface to think about fucking her to reaffirm his heterosexuality. He's just like, yeah, uh, gotta think about straight stuff. Uh, steak, beer, cracking open a cold one with the boys, football. America. Literally, this is a quote. Kim Kardashian with an Uzi and he was fucking her on the Confederate flag. Kim Kardashian in a Confederate flag bikini and she had a machine gun. Kim Kardashian rubbing her pussy on a machine gun and she was in the back of a pickup truck and the pickup truck was painted like the Confederate flag and Cheeseburger in Paradise was on the stereo system and Murderface, he was barbecuing an endangered species barbecuing a Sierra Nevada bighorn sheep. It didn't get much straighter than this. I love how cooking is like a woman thing, but then cooking outside, the instant you just step outside and barbecue, that's a man thing. Gender roles are so wild. 
But naturally, Pickle starts to creep into his sexual fantasies. This is another fig featuring transgender Pickles and Murderface just trying to rationalize his attraction by being like, he's like not a dude, but like he's kind of a dude. It's not gay. I don't know what you're talking about. He is a flashback to like Magnus fucking Pickles in a truck, but Judas Priest is playing in the background, so that makes it gay. The Murderface erotic cinema, as they call it, like pretty fun place to be i think they totally nailed it it's just like that episode where Murderface came in the doctor's face and he's just cycling through the various fantasies and trying to reaffirm his heterosexuality and, and freaking out when they get gay he's just having some nasty fantasies about fucking stoned out of his mind pickles because you know there's no other way the pickles would fuck him the dirty talk is written out so phonetically too like dirty talk in Murderface's voice like i think i'm gonna swear off sex forever thanks He's like, yeah, Pickles getting fucked by a pole. Pickles getting fucked by a horse. No, too far. Too far. Good on you, Murderface. The bar's low. Oh, here's a fucking nasty quote. His fingers wantonly caress the ridged and swollen member. No! <laughs> I do not like that, but like, I mean, it's Murderface's dick, so it's supposed to be pretty gross. Furthermore... Pickles with a strap on, pushing him down, pushing Nathan down. Fuck! No! Murderface, you fucking gay, get over it. <laughs> so he finally has enough and he announces that he needs to take a shit. More likely, he needs to just jack off. But he's not gonna say that. Pickles is just like, to the rest of the band. Yeah, he always gets a boner when I do that. Like, but it shuts him up, so the price I must pay. Gonna go wash my hands under boiling water now. That fic was just ridiculously in character. And I thought it was bad inside my head. Murderface should like really go to therapy or something, but probably like not with Dr. Twinkletitz, like a better therapist. My God, nasty. So this one's fairly short, so I'm gonna just read it. I'm not gonna read it in Nathan's voice because that would just be painful for everyone. Like I can death growl, don't get me wrong, but this isn't the place for it. What if I just death growl this whole episode? Nathan knows this is Yeah! But no, uh, I'm just gonna read it in my normal ass voice. Nathan knows this isn't metal. He knows. Okay, just okay? So he knows and there's no point in saying anything because he knows and he doesn't care. And anyone who wants to call him out on it can go fuck themselves because he knows this isn't metal, but he's going to keep doing it no matter what. All right? Right. What were they doing like 10 minutes ago? That was totally fucking metal. Oh yeah, completely, absolutely, no doubt about it. If anyone had seen them, hell, they'd get the most metal stuff to do with your dicks award. Award. Or, you know, some kind of award for people who are really awesome at putting their cocks in people and, and stuff. Ooh, this gets, this gets graphic fast. Watching Toki squirm, Buck and thrust onto his dick while well, he grips bruises onto those pale thin hips gets him off almost as much as actually pounding deep into that tight ass. All sweat and rippling back muscles, all fucking ridiculous muscles, seriously man, writhing around under him. Toki's calloused hands fisted in the sheets, the other hidden under his body and Nathan knows it's jerking him off in hard quick pulls, long hair sticking everywhere, itchy and annoying, but Toki looks unbelievably hot when he turns his head to growl back at him and there's that streak of white brown plastered across his cheeks and his stashes are smeared under his chin and there's always that one stern that forms a wave down his spine, mind-blowingly hot, fuck like just fuck man <laughs> and noises like porn in high def wet 
dirty squelching sounds coming from different orifices. Toki's bed rings groaning, the headboard slamming against the wall and shaking that stupid toy robot off onto the floor. And Toki is god-awful loud, screaming and swearing, God, the kid can outcurse Murderface when properly motivated and is twice as loud. The little shit. The gearheads won't bother them in Toki's bedroom, but if Offensen happens to be passing by at this unholy hour of 10 in the morning... Yes, 10 is an unholy hour. I agree with that totally. Then he'll definitely poke his big nosy nose in the door and give them some bullshit lecture about fucking bandmates and how it's not good for morale or offends the stick up his ass or blah, 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 whatever. And they'll have to start fucking in Nathan's soundproof room, which is not going to happen because Toki is completely useless after he blows his boat and Nathan draws the line at actually sleeping with each other like it's a slumber party or something. And while he doesn't mind hauling Toki back to his own bedroom. It's just a fucking pain in the ass to dress a dude who's passed out and Nathan isn't carrying a naked dude around the house. No way. But anyway, all that stuff is metal. The fucking and the being all sweaty and the heavy breathing and the smells of body and ass and latex and lube and the bruises and aches. All that's metal. He's certain gay sex is metal, you guys. You heard it here first on the bars though. But this, this is not metal. Capitalized. Shut the fuck up. He knows it's not metal to lie here with Toki sleeping on his shoulder doing that stupid adorable. No, it's definitely just stupid little breathy snore mumble thing that Toki does when he just cummed his brains out to enjoy the small warm puffs of air against his neck. Snuggling closer under the childish printed sheets as Toki falls asleep and becomes a solid weight of cooling skin and useless limbs. Totally not metal to stroke his hand through the long damp hair and pet the back of Toki's head like a house cat, or to run his finger over the shell of Toki's ear, down his neck, pulse still faster than normal, and thumping under the thin skin and over the curve of his fucking ridiculously sculpted shoulder, not at all metal, to gently finger the slightly raised scars on Toki's back and think to himself, brutal, but not in the awesome, cool way that he usually thinks something is brutal, but in a way that makes him kind of stick to his stomach, all pukey and confused, like the morning after one of Swisscar and Pickle's drunken Scrabble nights. Completely lame of him to do this every time they're together. A few seconds here, a quarter of an hour there, stolen moments of quiet affection and concern before rolling out of bed and zipping up and tiptoeing away. It is so not metal. It is not brutal. It is not dark. But he keeps doing it anyway. And he'll keep on doing it. As long as Toki doesn't fuck it up by being mentally coherent or mentioning it out loud in any way because he will fucking deny, deny, deny to any douchebag who wants to accuse him of, you know, caring and shit. Because he doesn't. So fuck off. End. <laughs> These guys all need to get over themselves. My god, it's okay to be soft, Nathan, and it's okay to be gay, Murderface. Everybody's out here just nailing these characters' internal voices, though, and I like how he thinks, like, whoa, having sex, it's like watching porn, but better. Like, I went skiing pretty recently, and I had the thought, like, whoa, this is just like a video game, like, the noises and all. But that was, like, the first time I'd done it in, like, ten years. But Nathan certainly gets enough dick or pussy or whatever to not have to compare sex to watching porn. Maybe he just watches that much porn. Who knows? So, this next one. This person has a lot of Metalocalypse fix, and I'm not sure how I narrowed it down to just this one, but that's what happens, and here we are. This fix called Treason March, but the alternate title is Dick Shuts Up and Gets the Fucks Out. I'm going to fucks you husbands now. 
basically, as you may have guessed, Dick Nubbler is a cuck. And he's kind of in a relationship with Murderface. Toki agrees to fuck Murderface if Dick Nubbler will be there watching and beating his meat. That's Toki's whole condition for doing this. And that Dick can only jerk off when Toki says. Like, Dick's just gotta be touching his dick. Double dick. Now, this is just a bizarre situation. Like, how do people come up with these? Murderface with Toki just rubs me the wrong way. Like, Murderface with almost anyone rubs me the wrong way, let's be real. Like, except with Dick Nubbler, actually. I kind of like them together, but... Oh, the actual scene? All right. Toki is very domineering, which is usually not characteristic I associate with him, but sometimes I feel like it works. Dick tries to hold Murderface's hand, but Toki slaps it away like, no touching the merchandise. And Murderface is like, oh, he called me merchandise. It's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Dick is such a cuck, oh my god. Toki's literally like, yeah, I'm out here fucking your boy better than you can. How's it make you feel? And then Dick's dick is just getting real fucking hard because he's a fucking cuck quote if he had eyes he'd fucking weep and toki also said <laughs> this is a quote from toki don't tells me what's to do i's the one fucking's your boyfriend <laughs> well toki keeps taunting him with how he bets dick wishes that he were getting fucked right now instead of just watching and dick gets to see that anal penetration up close and from a perfect angle baby lucky him and he doesn't even get up the courage to ask toki if he can jerk off until like after it's all over and toki's like oh oh yeah i totally forgot go ahead it's, it's, it's all good what was this? <laughs> I just, how do you even come up with that? There wasn't really much context for this, but okay. So this next one, it, it's, a, it's a bit uncomfortable. Like, first of all, the author's profile pic is the heavy breathing cat. Can I just say how much I appreciate that? But anyway, Murderface continues to get some and he gets some from Pickles this time. Like he actually does and it, ooh, it's uncomfortable. This takes place during the part of the show where Murderface is trying to be the band dad or like Swiss Gar's father figure and Pickles is all jealous. Pickles gets fucking wasted one day, you know, as per usual, and he like falls into this bout of self-loathing fun times because nobody loves him and his father figure who isn't even his father figure or anything fucking murder face murder face won't appreciate him so murder face has to drag him out of like the hallway or something and he brings him to his room and then pickles knows what he must do first pickles has to take a shower because he reeks like a dead dog according to murder face wow that's so nice it's such a nice thing to tell your fucking son murder face fuck you he has to take a shower in murder face's bathroom and he needs help getting undressed because he's just that drunk nothing happens quite yet just pickles showering on his own like a big boy murder face apparently uses axe body wash a fucking course he does but pickles finishes and he approaches Murderface with the intent to go through his plan to get his approval. He says, uh, be my daddy till day before sucking Murderface's dick. I am so sorry. There's so much Murderface in this episode. Fuck this. I also like how it says that Murderface starts fucking his mouth like it's a fleshlight because we all Murderface don't get no pussy. Nah. The only people fucking him are these desperate ass motherfuckers like fucking Pickles here. Ugh. Like remember when people would say thrussy? I, I liked that one dick bit meme like way too much when it came out. Ugh, this fic also like gave me such Ozai Zuko vibes. Don't like that. Like when you're desperate for your father's love, you'll give him a blowjob. Obviously. That's a simple solution. That'll make daddy love you. Lord knows. I've covered too many of those. Like at least it was with different people and a different fan of this time. My God. So that was kind of a short one, but um, this is our actual incest fic. Like not the pseudo incest with daddy murder face. 
Oh my god, I just said daddy murder face. Strike me dead right fucking now. But in this one, Pickles does it with Seth because you're never safe from incest. Never safe! Let me just point out, first of all, that there are seven Pickles Seth fics on AO3. Two of them are called Brotherly Bonding. And when I was writing these notes, I almost typed Brotherly Boning, which I guess is true too. What about Brotherly Bondage? That works. This fic, however, is called I'm Thinking a Title, and it's written by someone whose first language is not English. Now, does my filthy monolingual ass have a right to make fun of their shitty English? Not really. Props to them for learning and trying to practice a second language, even if they did so by writing incest. But making fun of shitty writing is kind of what we do on this show, so it's what we're gonna do now. So, like the summary says, my nebulae am so shy, but here we go. What the fuck does that even mean? What were they even going for? What? If you expect me not to make fun of that, well, just get the fuck out. So the writing style. We already know it's gonna be rough, but let's talk about it some more. No paragraph breaks for new lines of dialogue. Ugh. They introduce like a way to denote flashbacks midway through, which is by putting fucking tildes around them. Still only paragraph breaks some of the time. Come the fuck on. So many epithets like the redhead. They refer to Seth as the chestnut. I guess they're talking about his hair color, but that's all it says. It just says the chestnut. The text is also centered for some reason. I didn't even know you could do that on AO3. Also, uh, they give Pickles a real name here, which is Corey. So that's what it refers to. When I say Corey, I'm going to say Corey so much. I'm just going to read these first few chapters so y'all can get a feel for whatever the fuck is going on here. These chapters are super short, by the way. So here we go. Pickles was already accustomed to the visits of his brother Seth. The older brother came to that department, although not welcome. Hello, Corey. The red-haired felt his skin bristle. Seth pushed his brother to enter. Don't worry, today we're going to have the best day. Pickles didn't care to oppose his brother because of that sadistic side that could kill him. The chestnut smile lecherous because he knew that the banquet almost begin. The young tried to find a way to defend himself, but it was late the hands of Seth begin to pet him slowly. Pickles tried to avoid that because he at least want to live another day and not be a corpse. Think in amber. What is going to said? Stop to doing this, Seth. The red-haired noticed that the sinful smile of his brother disappeared, turning into a sneer, and, and suddenly the hands of the older brother run to the neck of the small, choking him. I know you love it. I know that you love when I come here and I give you some sense in your stupid life. I don't care what she it's thinking. She's a whore. She's just a screen. A, s a screen. Pickles fight trying to break free, but Seth was stronger. Suddenly, he let go his little brother, and Pickles let himself fall into the floor. Fall, yeah, fall into the floor. He just vanishes forever. That would be ideal, actually, for, for a situation. The old one gets near and took his brother from the hair. You're my slobbin, Cory. Mmm, I'm getting excited looking at how your eyeliner is melting with your tears without letting go his little brother, and he began to under the rack. I know that you love this part, Cory, so say ah. But the, suddenly the bell rang. Listen carefully, Cory. You're going to open the door and pretend that nothing happens. Then you're going to come back and finish your dirty work. It's clear. Those words sound like a whiplash, but the red-haired consent and go right to the door. Chapter 2. 
Pickles become himself again, that smug guy like any teenager when he opened the door. There was his mother, that fucking bitch who prefers Seth over him. What do you want? Molly seemed to be depressed and sleepless. Corey, please come back home. Molly approached to embrace him, but Pickles in a smooth move avoided. I know that you hate me, but we can fix it. Fix it? Are you fucking kidding me, Molly? I'm not returning to that scum of house. As soon as I can, I'll leave Wisconsin. Now go away! Feeling the anger burning his veins, Pickles slammed the door and he felt how the world disappear. Idiots, douchebags. I'm so pissed. He returned to the reality when he heard the voice of his brother, pleased to talk with mom. Now get up, you've work to do, bitch. The red hair don't give a shit. So his older brother yanked the hair of the youngest, but Pickles hit him on the crotch. Get off me, douchebag. If you touch me again, I'll cut your dick and I'll make you swallow it. Pickles choked his brother with all his strength. Come on, douchebag, ask for my mercy. But Seth began to smile and Pickles let him go. Did you finish, dear Cory? Pickles was speakless. Seth was like nothing. The bruises were visible, but Seth give a shit. In a desperate move, the young leap over his older brother, but Seth stopped him grabbing from the neck. We need to stop with these child games, Cory. I noticed that you deserve punishment, and I mean a real one, because believe me, I'm very angry right now. Seth threw his brother to the couch, and the older brother began to undress his little brother. Okay, that's all I'm gonna read. I, I don't want to read any broken English porn here, especially not incest porn. So what happens in the rest of this? What, what even happened in the first two chapters? I'm not sure. I can barely tell. What happens next, though, is that Seth invites his pal Frank over, I guess for a threesome, but Pickles tries to kill himself and they have to take him to the hospital. Pretty dark for a fic that reads like a shitpost. Here's some other highlights. <sighs> Come on, bitch. Grizzle louder. You're such a moon calf. <laughs> gonna start using that and in the last paragraph of the fig there's just some random clusters of j's like the letter just sprinkled around arbitrarily so in all this shouldn't exist from the instance to the terrible english i don't I, why I, I don't get it i mean props for trying to practice your second language but this is not how you do it please spare me <laughs> So let's get to our last selection of the day. It's a collection of one shots. And the best thing about it is that there's some strange phrasing and word choice going on. Not quite as strange as the last one, fucking calling people moon calves. But I don't think they have an excuse that English is their second language like the last person did. So basically, I'm going to nitpick the fuck out of the wording because that is what I do. First one is Pickles and Charles. Pickles is M's dick, basically. One day this motherfucker be like, you know, I can buy whatever the fuck I want, but fuck that shit. I'm going to steal something instead. And he sneaks into Charles' office to steal that ultra rare scotch that Charles likes. They describe Pickles' eyes as crisp. Now I'm just trying to remember if I've ever seen that adjective used to talk about eyes before or if it even makes sense. So here are two definitions of crisp. Of a substance, firm, dry, and brittle, especially in a way considered pleasing or attractive, like for example, crisp bacon. Of a way of speaking or writing, briskly decisive and matter-of-fact without hesitation or unnecessary detail. Okay, this doesn't make sense. I, I, I don't know why I nitpicked this word so hard, but y'all know how I am about euphemisms and words to describe body parts. That's not going to be the worst thing they put in front of eyes, so I'm going to just say that right now. So Charles comes in to see Pickles drinking his scotch. 
and he's pissed the fuck off and he's like i had a fucking rough day and now i have to deal with this shit it's weird to see charles cursing like does he ever curse on the show i feel like maybe when he was quoting someone but still never just of his own accord like that so he's like i'm gonna have to punish you pickles and he starts taking pickles pants off and i thought this was going somewhere much darker but no he's just gonna spank pickles bare ass and pickles is getting a hard on from this and charles is getting off to that and would sex take it too far yeah so pickles runs on out of there without his pants and he starts jerking it in the hallway because you can do that when you're a billionaire i guess it also describes the tip of pickles penis as cute and little in my mind the only way you can call dick cute is if it's small i mean it's only talking about the tip but like cute equals small it's forever associated so we out here with small d pickles nathan swisscar is the next one it's so manufactured and forced but when the first line is the atmosphere was a slightly euphoric drunken jumble of slurred words and general horniness that transcended all logical thought and reasoning you kind of have to give it a bit of a pass so pickles spilled some tequila in the hot tub and then they started all just dumping booze in there and just drinking hot tub water god i wish that were me murder face out here being the gayest but absolutely not getting anything so he's like so uh nathan swisker y'all fuck your groupies but i bet i bet you both suck at kissing how would you know that murder face you never kissed any of us what that would be gay murder face's life is just one big long gay crisis but he wishes it were one big long dick so apparently they're all naked in that hot dog which is this pretty gay already if you ask me they're not even wearing bathing suits or some shit so swiss car is just like me and nathan uh wh- which one of us is better though so that naturally leads to a, like a really passionate makeout session that goes on for a long time by which i mean they'll spend a lot of time describing it in the text and it says in the fix that they both just keep going back in for more so murder face gets a boner a fucking course he does way to go you just you you played yourself togi magnus you you can imagine some pretty fucking shit right here it it happens while mag is holding toki prisoner so you can imagine it's pretty fucked up so hold up i got a nitpick haven't mentioned this yet but this author also likes to use epithets like the other man instead of just saying the goddamn names they did the shit in the last chapter too and they will continue to do it i get it it feels really redundant to use their names over and over when you're writing like gay or lesbian sex i've been there you just gotta say their names though or you could try putting in more relevant epithets like instead of saying the older man or whatever just say his captor because that's more relevant to what's going on here so Toki just making out with Magnus who gave him some vodka probably so Toki would be more okay with getting fucked he's just like yeah this guy stabbed me in the chest like what a dick but he kind of sexy so and I'm drunk you know so let's talk about some phrasing because oh boy it's fun bubblegum lips what the fuck does that even mean Toki's boobs do you not know the word pectorals his aching dick and Toki's pretty pink asshole we call them chocolate starfishes for a reason but I mean I haven't seen enough assholes to say they can't be pretty pink but still a little strange and then in an actual serious sex scene they refer to a dick as a pp you know what i prefer this over manhood or whatever the fuck have you i was just i was just not expecting to see that and i lost my mind they refer to the noises magnus makes as gross old man groans and desperate old man cries is he really that old 
I don't know. So that was sure a chapter, but it gets weirder. Just just wait for it. This one's Nathan Toki. Chapter's fluff, but there's no shortage of weirdness. Apparently, Toki has like really disgustingly sweet lips and it gives Nathan a headache to kiss him. Oh, the phrasing. Here's the big sentence. Not a phrase, but... Nathan gently pressed his fingers into the other man's scalp. Here's the fucking epithets again. Stroking his hair and sighing blissfully in a way that was similar to the pained cry of a dying walrus. Same. Nathan almost winced as he was bombarded with the intense sugary essence that was Toki's mouth. But he trekked on. A veteran in this war against the senses. Wow, that's dramatic. Comparing fucking kissing your boyfriend to a war. <laughs> And here's my favorite. It says about Toki's eyes. His playground eyes. Uh, what? <laughs> and I thought crisp eyes was a weird thing to say when I encountered that in the first chapter. But what other inappropriate things will they put in front of eyes by the end of this? Bubblegum eyes? Boob eyes? Pee-pee eyes? Orb eyes? The communist manifesto eyes? What? <laughs> what his playground eyes like that's not even an adjective so this one's pickles and tony demarco thunderbottom one of the warnings for this chapter is absurdly glam rock here's the first sentence pickles lips were cherry candy like some horrible flavored lip gloss that a seven-year-old girl would use and sparkled with spit and glitter when tony parted from them this author really just hits or misses on those opening sentences, and I would consider this a miss. Like, we just had the chapter about Togi having really gross, sweet-tasting lips, and now you're also like, Pickles' mouth tastes disgusting. They actually use lube, though, unlike fucking Magnus. Pickles' luxuriously hard dick. Amazing! Why did we need that adverb? He's attractive friend. Y'all are literally having sex, you know? Why is friend there? Pickles also decides to pour booze all over both of them while they're having sex. There is a literal puddle around them while they fuck at this point. On their tour bus bed, where they have to live for weeks. Y'all nasty. That's gonna reek so bad. So, this one's Pickle Swisker. Opening paragraph. I'm not gonna read the opening line because the opening paragraph needs to be read. Ah, fucks Pickles. Swisker moaned out heartily, his lips dripping with sticky, too expensive beer that tasted like piss, but made him feel like a pompous rich bitch. Pickles sat on his knees on the floor before Swisker, his legs horribly uncomfortable in that position, but it was worth it to feel those long fingers curl in his dreadlocks, and the vulgar groans fled from Swisker's mouth. He was also kind of glad that Swisker had stopped spouting all his terrible dirty talk from earlier. He just wasn't the sex god that everyone made him out to be, and his dirty talk was pretty fucking amazing embarrassing. I would consider that a hit. Swisscar is a pompous rich bitch though. He isn't like one. And it doesn't bother explaining how they got there. It just seems like they were super drunk and that's introduction enough. Also just this whole sentence, the feeling of that sweet blonde babe's tongue prodding into his ass was what milked out the naughty schoolgirl cries from the aging rocker currently sprawled on his back with his ass in the air. There's so much in this sentence. I'm not even going to try. I'm just We're just going to throw out the whole suitcase. So they just come all over each other and they just lie there and they need to recover for a fucking hour. You know, instead of showering. Speaking of showers. <laughs> Murderface with Clocketeer. Because Murderface here, he likes to uh, jet ski, to kayak, to, to sail, he, he uh, to go catamaraning. He likes water sports. That's what I'm saying. 
I thought it was a little strange at first, but okay, his side project does have piss right there in the title. So what he does is that he pees on his favorite clocketeer every Thursday because he can and because fuck you, that's why. They have a pretty professional relationship. There's like no intimacy or anything. Here's a quote. His job today, like every Thursday, was to get on his knees and get completely and utterly defiled by Murderface's pee. But today, Murderface wants to switch positions and the clocketeer pisses on him this time. Oh, Murderface just loves it so much. He loves getting off to pee in so much that he pees too. And he gets a raging heart on, of course. He's all embarrassed and he's like, clean this up, slave. And he goes to take a shower, completely covered in piss as he is, quote, kind of hoping someone would find him like this on his way there. My God, Murderface, please just get your whole life together. Thanks. This is the last one here. It's pretty fucked up. The author said it's, it was never intended to see the light of day, but you put it on the internet, so I have to make fun of it. I'm sorry. Toki, fat kid. Yeah. If anyone would do this, I feel like it would be Murderface because his ass is desperate. But Toki definitely has a bit of a dark side, too. This is the most fucked up one shot to close this off. So, fat kid's in the yard chained to a post and Toki's just there with him quote his unholy man boobs wonderful so Toki wants a blowjob but fat kid you know he's having a difficult time understanding he hits the kid in the face with his dick a few times hard enough to leave a welt apparently Mr. Incredible's dick can shatter force fields as we learned in episode 57 but for someone without super strength a dick slap hard enough to leave a mark is pretty impressive I wouldn't know though I've never been slapped in the face with a dick I don't know how hard you can slap someone with a dick so get this this is wild Toki's solution to getting a fat kid to suck him is to pour chocolate syrup on his penis. He uses it as lube. Syrup is sticky, what are you thinking? That might get you what you want, but it is definitely not suitable lubricant. But it works. Fat kid licks Toki's dick and he wants more syrup, but what is there to drink but come? Oh, Toki says this. It's like he was a dog. Hot. Toki fucks dogs too? What the fuck, Toki? I should also mention that Toki refers to himself as daddy too. Oh my god. And then, oh, Toki fucks them unholy man boobs. Them luscious moves. Luscious. It's a fucking word they use. So a clocketeer comes up like, hey, uh, you want me to draw you a bath, my lord? Uh, like, no big deal. Just came on you fucking your mentally disabled adopted son. Like, that ain't fucked up at all. But the cocketeer, of course, he ain't gonna say shit. And Toby's like, yeah, I'd like a fucking bubble bath because I'm normally like a child myself, actually. But this kid can just like rot covered in chocolate syrup and come in, in the yard and, 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 you know, whatever. Fuck that. So that was Dark World. And the fuck, Toki? What, what the fuck? So I'm sorry for that. And I'm also sorry for all the murder face today. Whenever I do my next Metalocalypse episode, I'm gonna steer clear of him. And apparently I need to steer clear of Toki too because he's actually a sick fuck. So, today we covered American Dream by Pax Vobis, Not Metal by Hato, H-A-T-O, Treason March by Pearly underscore Pornography, Can I Please by Bane Rising, 
I'm Thinking a Title by Snowed underscore Kashka and But Baby, I'm Horny by Drew Key, D-R-U-E-K-E-E. Barslow is on Instagram. You can find us at the Barslow with an underscore in between each word. Follow us. You'll know what's coming up next. If you have a fanfic to suggest, feel free to get in touch. And if you want to drop a rating or review on iTunes, that'd be real cool. I'm not going to beg you for five stars. Give me however many damn stars you think I deserve. And as always, I'm your pal, Wanchik This is the Bar is Low. Thank you for joining me, and that's all for today.